Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, good evening, or good night, where it is that you are listening, and welcome back to the Rook Report podcast. We're in the fantastic Sunderland University studios here in the David Putnam Media Centre and I'm delighted to announce that on today's show we've got Sunderland Ladies head coach Melanie Ray with us to discuss all things Sunderland Ladies including the terrific start of the season. But first and foremost, how are you doing Melanie? Are you well? I'm very well thank you, good to be here. Good. Now your association with Sunderland is quite long for those of us who don't know both as a player, coach and obviously where you're at now as well. I think it stretches almost two decades is that right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. You played for Sunderland as a teenager. I think we were named Cowgate Kestrels, is that correct? Yeah, that's right, yeah. You won the Golden Boot in two of your three seasons. What I wanted to ask is what are the main differences that you see in the ladies' game from when you played compared to now? I mean, I, when I first started playing, I was I was 14 years uh, fourteen years old yeah. uh, for a team, like you said, called Cowgate Kestrels. We went on a massive journey uh, back in the day with, with Cowgate in... You know, we jumped from club to club, keep changing our name to try and get back in, you know, mm-hmm. off, a, off a men's club. We had spells at RTM Newcastle, uh, Blythe Spartans, East Durham. But it was the same group of girls uh, who started the journey who kind of fell into Sunderland ladies in the yeah. end. So we ended up winning promotion. Uh, I think it was 1999, we won the Northern Premier League. And then we kind of embedded in with, with Sunderland ladies and that's where the Sunderland ladies history started really. Yeah. So it's been it's been a hell of a journey as a player, and you know times have times have changed, and it's you know it's grew really quickly. You know the crowds that come and watch now compared to to back in the day, it's it's you know it's still got a long way to go, but yeah. it, it's shown big improvements uh, so far. What was the kind of crowd you would pick up when you were playing, and, and how's that compared now in terms of numbers itself? It was just parents, I think, of, of what I can mm-hmm. remember. You know, I, I can't really remember there being a fan base mm-hmm. ar- around the team. It was just your friends and, and your family who came to watch. Do you think social media's had a big impact on on bringing people along and things like that? Massively. I mean, I mean, we used to get uh, the results on, is it CFAX or te- CFAX, tele- yeah, yeah. Teletext, teletext? Yeah, you know, and it gradually got a couple of lines in a newspaper, you know, so the social media impact, you know, everyone's on social media these days, so... Yeah. It's it's there to be read, so that has a, a positive effect on on getting messages out there for sure. When you were a player, I think we had Grace on with Chris um, not too long ago, and obviously she's doing a little bit of coaching alongside the playing as well. Was it a very similar path for yourself with that? Did you always know you wanted to go into coaching after after your playing? I you know from a young age I always had a love of football. Yeah, and it was something I always wanted to do. I I definitely knew I wanted to do something in sport. Mm-hmm. 
so eventually when you know I've come through you know education and ended up playing obviously transferring to Sunderland ladies you know the, the the name and there was a guy called Alan Snowden who used to be the assistant manager at Sunderland yeah and he ended up getting us into my first coaching job really and that and that's where it all started uh you know the, the coaching side of it always interested us I was always you know always thinking about how to football brain not yeah. just a player but I was always thinking off off the field as well uh and it was something I, I wanted to do from a young age so got the coaching badges early on and uh eventually transferred from the playing side of it to obviously the managing side and I think you know when you took over it's something obviously as a manager you've been a coach for a long long time um, before that, you, you did cut, like graduate as well. I think you took over from Carlton uh, about two and a half years ago now, approximately. Yeah. At the time, Sunderland had moved from full time towards part time. I think we'd lost the likes of like Beth Mead had went to Arsenal. I think at that point as well. Although it was obviously a massive honour, I can imagine to be to be offered the job. Was it difficult adapting to sort of part time from previously full time? How did you deal with the adjustment? I think, you know, when people say full time, I think sometimes you get a bit disillusioned because not everyone was full time. We still mm -hmm. had people who had dual, you know, they were they were playing and they were still working. So Steph Bannon was still, you know, full time teacher. So we, yeah. we had it we still had a bit of a balance. Uh, we probably had more full time than part time. Uh, and that it was a strange one to take over because we started in the spring series, which was put in place to transfer back to winter football. We actually had a good spring series, you know, we finished fifth. I think I'm sure we drew against Arsenal at Hetton as well. You know, we picked up some great results. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, it was a good one to come into in terms of me setting the standard and setting my philosophy, so so to speak, on going forward. There's obviously been a, an awful lot made, and I think we sort of touched on it off air previously about about the ladies' team and the demotion that was on there. But as heartbreaking as it was for everyone concerned, I wanted to kind of discuss the positives that came from that. Obviously, everyone was frustrated by it, and it must have been really, really, really tough. Uh, there's no doubt about that but how much does an experience like that sort of show your character and the resolve of the ladies that you're, you're coaching and how proud of them were you that they responded so well yeah it was it was a really tough time uh, I think the hardest part was it happened it happened really late yeah. uh, so you know players didn't know if they were going to get new contracts we didn't know what you know we were left in limbo a little bit and when obviously the news broke uh, that it was the double relegation we, you know, I lost the whole team. Yeah. Uh, so I was left, obviously, trying to rebuild and find a squad together to play to play in the the league that we were put in. Yeah. Uh, we managed to obviously keep hold of one experienced player and another two who were had some kind of first team exposure, and the rest hadn't been exposed to senior football at all. So it was it was a really tough challenge. But you know, we managed to get a squad of. You know, I, I purposely wanted a big squad because I knew they were the only players I had at my exposure. I didn't have a development team. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and along with losing, a, you know, the majority of the team, we lost obviously the, the development team underneath. We lost a lot of staff as well. So it was, you know, it was a big rebuild on and off the field, really. But we had a team, you know, of full homegrown players. You know, they were all from the northeast. Yeah. Uh, a lot of young players then had to step up. Which which has been tough. It was tough the first season. We were really naive, I think, because they didn't have that kind of experience. They didn't have that kind of exposure. Uh, playing senior football against women who are established is is tough. You know, when you're coming through the junior ranks and you know everyone's nice when you're playing against them and you step up and people are tackling you hard or little off the ball incidents and yeah. you know the physicality of it. You know, they, they had to learn quick and. 
obviously we didn't have a pre-season either. Mm-hmm. So we went in at the, f- the first couple of games of the season and it took a while to get going. We didn't really kick on until probably after Christmas yeah. where we put a, we put a decent run together and, and finished, you know, we finished second in the end, which was a fantastic achievement. But, you know, big lessons were learned and hopefully we're stronger for that now. Yeah, very much so. You talked about the having to have basically a whole new team. I think Kira was the, the one that stayed in terms of yeah. the experienced players. An awful lot can happen with the, the man's team as well. Uh, well, we had to change a lot of players and when we dropped down and we had like almost a, a whole overhaul, how difficult is it to not just bring in players with different talents and make sure they're fit in the town, but bring in different personalities, different age groups? Like, how do you begin on sort of moulding that together? It just takes time. You know, it yeah. takes time for them to get to know me. Uh, it takes time for me to get to know, you know, 20 players and their personalities. Uh, I did know a lot of them. Uh, through obviously some of them stepped up through the development team but yeah. I was never with them on a day-to-day basis yeah. so you know and we put them through you know we put them through it the first first couple of months we really really tested them you know their mentality to see how much they could absorb kept things really simple for them to understand uh, we wanted to play one way one style of football just to keep it really simple for them and that probably held us back in certain games as well because we didn't have that adaptability and the biggest thing was we didn't know the league, you know. We never playing in the highest level in WSL one. We'd never come across the lower teams. Yeah, we didn't really know, you know, in the top league. Everyone wants to play nice football, play out from the back, play through the thirds, and you know, we learned quite quickly that that probably doesn't happen in the third tier of women's football. It was, yeah. you know, sometimes like the men's football, back to front as quick as possible, quite physical. Pitches aren't as good. Can't play with nice football. So you know, everyone everyone learned a great deal from that first season. And it is, it is hugely different, isn't it? And I think we talked about last season as well. And, you know, you mentioned didn't really kick on until sort of like December time. But I think if it had not been for Blackburn, who, let's be honest, went a phenomenal run. I mean, we were the only team to beat them as far as I, as far as I know. Yeah. Without If Blackburn hadn't gone on that run, that you know, we would have won the league realistic. And there's not many teams going to run like Blackburn done. So going into this season, you must have been like, Oh, you still must be hugely confident that you can sort of reach the goals that you want to reach. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've said, you know, we want to get promoted. It's not, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not a secret. Uh, everyone knows it, uh, and, and and rightly so. You know, why, mm-hmm. why shouldn't we want to get promoted? Because we yeah, finished absolutely. second last season. Uh, and one of the one of the main things for pre-season was, and one of the key messages for me to the players was, I wanted a more adaptable team. Uh, I knew we could play four three three. We played it all last season, but. We came up short in certain games. You know, we dropped silly points in certain games because we didn't really have another go-to system. So we spent, you know, I've spent the whole of pre-season playing three-five-two, having it as a, another go-to system, and, and we've adapted that slightly in certain games. So we've got another strand of how we play as well. Yeah, and that's proved. You know, we've picked up points this season from doing that, from being adaptable. So you know, the Huddersfield game, we started three-five-two, played absolutely horrendous in the first half, changed at four-three-three, and we end up winning the game four-one comfortably. You know, so having that extra string to our bow in terms of making us a better team has proved dividends already. We talked about sort of pre-season and changing things and adapting things, but there was a lot of good signings that came in the summer as well. I think Charlotte has been excellent. Um, I was at the game against Hull. I think you know I have to touch on Jessica Brown, like how good she's been. And, Believe it or not, she's 16 years old, which even took me by surprise. And there's a big sort of production line of, of players that have come from Sunderland. Um, I mean, you've just got to look at the, the ladies' national team and, and Lucy Bronze, uh, Steph. There's, there's so many that came through. 
obviously you don't want to put too much pressure on anyone's shoulders, but like how impressed have you been by her and do you think she could be someone next on that production line? I think there's a, I think the good thing about the young players is that they're not the finished article. Yeah. So when they, when they come into, you know, the senior football, they're like sponges and they want to learn. They want to know everything. They want to ask questions, which is great because it challenges us as coaches. Uh, I've encouraged them to watch the senior players. You know, I've encouraged Neve Heron to, to be around Charlotte Potts and, and Grace McCarty, see what they do, see how they prepare for training, see what they like in the dressing room, see how they warm up. You know, if you can take a little bit off everyone yeah, and, you know, make yourself a better player for it, then that's what you need to do. You can't just rely on yourself. You know, you need... You need other people around you to make you, you know, into a top-class player. And how great is it having players like, I mean, Grace, who who wants to go into coaching, as we discussed on the, the previous podcast, how great is it to have people like that sort of around to help those young girls as well? I mean, because they, I imagine, are probably loving giving that advice and loving being sort of lent on almost for yeah. it, their experience. I think it's really important you have that balance. You know, you, yeah. you've got your experienced players who, and I suppose the experienced players are the hardest ones to coach because they've already been moulded into who they are. You yeah. know, they're all set in their ways and they're not used to change sometimes. So it's hard for them to maybe buy into something that you're doing because they're not used to doing it. Yeah. Uh, so having that blend of experience in, you know, the youth is, uh, you know, it, we've got a really good squad at the moment and I'm, and I'm happy with the additions that I've brought in. With the, I wanted to I probably step too far ahead here, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll jump back a little bit. Um, there was a lot made club-wide about the previous regime and it, and it was what it was but when Stuart Donald came in and obviously we've had Stuart on the podcast as well he speaks really passionately about wanting to make sure that the ladies are sort of looked after as they should be um I think he spoke about I think the last podcast he spoke about if there is a promotion there he'll make sure that you know money's not an issue with that um how have things been with the new owners since they've came into the new club and what sort of positives do you feel they've brought towards the ladies team and yourself Obviously, we've been integrated back into the training ground, which has been fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Uh, being able to train in, you know, the world-class facilities, you know, training indoor when it's cold and raining and, you know, it's an indoor barn. It's, you know, that's where we're training at the moment. That's, you know, it's really good uh, compared to where we used to train after we got moved out of the academy. But, you know, coming back in is, you know, it's give everyone a lift as well. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, the, the ladies team's going in the right direction under the new ownership, which is brilliant for everyone involved. Yeah, very much so. Talking about like moving back into the academy as well, you've recently played at the academy, but also the stadium light for the Newcastle game. How good of an experience was that, not just for the players, but for yourself? How good was it to see people having such a like intrigue into the team? Yeah, we've had a we've had a bit of a strange start of the season, obviously with with Hetton getting caught on fire. You know, we've had yeah. a bit of a we've reversed a couple of fixtures and played away, so it feels like we haven't had a home game yet, uh, to be honest. But playing at the stadium was excellent. And, you know, big thanks to the club for letting we're you know, have that experience because it was it was a quick turnaround, to be honest. It was a couple of days. Yeah. Uh so to get, you know, twelve hundred people there was was fantastic. It was it was a big moment for the girls and I was you know, I was slightly concerned that it might be too big too much, too almost, much yeah. sometimes, you know, because it's a you know, big occasion, big pitch, big stadium. Uh, you know, but we we won. So that that you yeah. know I think there was a couple of nerves on the day which sometimes you normally don't see, but you know, we got the result against Newcastle and the result's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and obviously playing Hull at the academy, you know, that feels more like home because we're there We're there during the week. Yeah. Pitches are fantastic and it was, a, you know, it was a high scoring game. So everyone who was there probably really, really enjoyed the game and it was, it was good to see, you know, it was good to see the girls embrace the occasion and 
play with freedom against a team who's sort of, you know struggling in the league. But you know we scored some really good goals that game, so it was it was a good confidence boost going into the Huddersfield game. It was clinical that day, wasn't it? It was yeah, like every time, every time you went forward, it looked like you were going to score. And the thing is, for the people who weren't at the game, yes, we scored nine, but it could have quite easily been about twenty, if I remember correctly. Could have been, could have been yeah. <laughs> Would you like to to play at the stadium like more and the the academy like more? Or does it do you kind of like having a a permanent home where you can occasionally kind of not venture off but go into like the stadium like the academy? Like, do you prefer them as one offs or would you like to kind of maybe play there more often? Uh, I think we're settled with Hetton. You know, yeah. we've been there a long like time home. now. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's you know it's a nice little nice little ground. You know, when when there's lots of people there, it feels full. You know, we're never going to get thousands and thousands of people coming to the game, so the stadium alike feels empty. So, you know, playing at Hetton, it's more familiar, you know, a nice pitch. Yeah. And um, we're looking forward to getting back there on Sunday. As I said before, I totally skipped too far ahead, so I'm, <laughs> I'm keep on going back on myself. Yeah, I get excited, what can I say? Um, but we've talked about, obviously, last season, not gaining promotion, finishing second, but still a, a really, really good season, a real, real strength in character, especially... Obviously, Bridget Galloway, Kira Armstrong in particular had great seasons. Have started the season really well. I thought, you know, I thought Kira and Molly at the game against Hull were great, and they were both really, really good players. And obviously, Bridget just can't stop scoring. It must have been quite hard to pick fault with the season that they had last season. And as you say, you always want to improve, but we did play really well based on the circumstances. But going into the season, what did you ask of the girls, and, and what do you think was required to make sure the goal sort of won better and make sure they definitely gained that promotion this season? It's just it's just maintaining high standards, you know. Yeah. You know what what's going to make you the best player possible, you know. And and are you doing those things? You know, it's not it's not just about turning up on a Tuesday and Thursday night training with me. You know, it's it's the other things during the week that you're doing. You know, looking after yourself away from football, recovering properly, eating properly, sleeping properly, giving yourself every chance to be the best player possible on a Sunday when you turn out in the red and white stripes. You know, but going back to Molly, Bridget, and, and Kira. They're the players I spoke about, you know, earlier on in terms of, you know, when we lost all the players. Yeah. Kira was the experienced player who we kept, and Molly and, and Bridget, it, it had moments in the in that WSL one season when they played, moments when they didn't, uh, and you know, retaining them this season, you know, it was really important. Yeah, you know, having the players who've been there and done it to to guide the other players and and also to push them to the to higher standards almost, yeah. you know. They know what it takes. They've been there. They've played against the best players in the world in WSL yeah. 1 football. You know, playing against the likes of Chelsea in WSL 1, you're pretty much playing against an international team. So then players now competing in the third division should be able to do it week in, week out. And that's the pressure I put on them. Yeah. So I'm not surprised Kira won player of the year last year for the league. Uh, and rightly so. I would be asking the questions if she doesn't win it this yeah. year. Yeah. You know, so that's the type of pressure I put on them. You know, Bridget Galloway should be scoring every week. You know, and that's, you know, and she is. Yeah. And, you know, so I can't ask anything more of her, but can I, you know, can I can, can I squeeze a little bit more yeah. out of her? Can I set her different challenges to to keep her motivated uh, so she's not going to take her foot off the gas and, and stroll during the week and just think she's going to turn turn up on a Sunday? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's about motivating different levels of players and trying to, you know, keep them going and make sure that we win every time we play. Which you pretty much have. Um, when you look at the the season so far, I think scintillating form would be the word I'd probably use. And I think, you know, the, we talked about the Stadium of Light before, the Derby win naturally always grabs the headlines, especially when it was at the Stadium of Light and it looks like a big standout, but it's really the league form where obviously it's been most impressive. The Huddersfield game, 1-0 down at half-time, you make two changes, you come back and tonk them, basically. Mm -hmm. The whole the week before that was like 
so clinical. There's only been Middlesbrough that's took uh, points off us this season. Like I was saying before, the whole game, it was it was so clinical. It was like devastatingly clinical. Could you afford for a better start of the season? And what element of the, the ladies' play has impressed you the most? No, I'm absolutely delighted with the way we started. And that's what I wanted. You yeah. know, you know, we want to win. You know, we don't just want to target to win X amount of games. We want to win every game we play. And how we do that is become, you know, we become a more adaptable team, like I said. Yeah. So, you know, and refer to the Huddersfield game when last season we might have lost that game. Yeah. Because we didn't have another, you know, we didn't have a plan B. And when you coach, when you coach a team twice a week, it's really hard to get too much information into them. Yeah. so it, it takes a while, but knowing we've had the whole season playing a certain formation and, and now me challenging them to play a different way is give with that adaptability to win games against Huddersfield, you know. So hopefully that puts me in good stead going forward. How nice is it as a coach when you, you have the idea of having that plan B, a different formation, something different? You go to a top of the table clash, you're one nil down, you think, you know, in your own words, we didn't play weren't playing too great at that point. Then you change the thing you thought that you might need to do and that wins you the game four one. Like how much how much pleasure does that give you as a coach thinking actually? You know, I was I was immensely proud of them, you know, because it's you know, it's it's all good and well me trying to coach them how to do it, but at the end of the day they have to step on the pitch and deliver yeah. it. Uh and you know what the they're like sponges, you know, everything I tell them, they want more. And that's really challenging for me. You know, I love it. You know, ask us as many questions as you can because it, I'm thinking as well. I'm learning on the job as well. So, that, you know, that motivates me to be better as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, being able to go in at half time and, and go, right, this isn't working. Uh, we need to change it. This is what plan B and everyone, do you know what you're doing? Everyone's like, yes, great. Right, get out there and go and do it. And they did within a minute. Katie Barker ran down the left wing and crossed for Kira 1-1 and then we kept going. And yeah. It was a bit like the whole game. They kept going, they kept going. Every time they got a chance, they scored. Uh, you know, and credit to them because Huddersfield were, you know, they were joint top going into the game. Yeah. Uh, so that was a that was a big result for us. And Funny second half, just checking Twitter. They're coming out like pops as opposed to goals. It was just like checking them time and time again. It was great. Yeah, so it, it gives them confidence, you know, confidence and momentum to keep going. And again, they set a standard on Sunday because they weren't great in the first 45, but actually they tr- totally transfer- transformed the, the second half and, yeah. and got three points. So that's that, that ball's just gone again. It's gone a little bit higher again. And being able to come from behind you know, is is a good asset to have as a team as well because it showed it showed character. Yeah. It showed fight. Actually, you know, if you want to get promoted, you need to beat Huddersfield. You know, yeah. because the teams in the in the league above are going to be harder again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was really proud of them on Sunday. Moving away from, I suppose, Sun Levy specifically, um, I think if you like football, and even if you don't, you, you kind of fail to have noticed how popular the the Women's World Cup was. Um, not just because England did well, I think people genuinely enjoyed it and watched it and thought, you know, you've seen the, the technical standard of it was was great. Um, but have you noticed, as someone who's been involved in, in ladies football for a long time, have you noticed an uplift in the interest in your team in particular um, since the success of the World Cup? I mean, I was lucky enough to go to the World Cup. Uh, I went over as a guest from the FA oh, fantastic. Uh, on a female coaching mentoring programme. So yeah. we went to three games to observe them. Uh, it was brilliant. Uh, France really embraced the World Cup. Uh, yeah, massively. Lots yeah. of fan zones around in Lyon. You know, a real buzz about the place, which was great. And you know, I, th- I think it's like like any 
tournament that England in, men or women, football or, or non-football, you know, the country seems to get a little bit of a lift. Yeah. Uh, you know, and coming back from my 10 days there, uh, back in, everyone was excited and, and rightly so. It's great publicity on, I think it was on BBC, was it? Uh, yeah, BBC, yeah. And you just hope that them fans who all tuned in, the millions that tuned in to watch, then go and support their local team. Yeah. You know, and if, if that kind of exposure can then increase you know, the audience to women's football and, you know, everyone's a winner really. But that's why I'm excited to get back to Hetton because it's obviously the first time we're going to be back there after the World Cup. Yeah. So hopefully we get, you know, fans coming out to, to support the ladies' team in their numbers. And for anyone listening, it's Burnley 2 o'clock on Sunday, is that right? Yeah, that's cup? right. Yeah. Um, and it's technically your first home game, as we were saying before, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's been strange. the Stadium Light, it's, it's been, been the Academy Light, and then it's, then it's Hetton. Um you talked before about going to the World Cup, which is great. Obviously, you have a history with the Lionesses as well, and you helped Phil Neville also. How did that come about? Um, and did the experience at international level, how did that aid you in your day-to-day at Sunderland? Uh, I'd, done a, I'd done a few things previously as well. Uh, you know, I, I'd done a couple of under-19 camps mm-hmm. uh, that Mo Marley was in charge of. And then I, when Mark Sampson was there, I knew Mark through like, the college programme. Yeah. Uh, I went in to help Marianne with the 23s which was fantastic experience. I did that for a couple of years. Uh, and then got the phone call off Phil to ask him to go in to, to help him against Bosnia and, and Wales in the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. You know, he wanted to give females opportunities to coach at the highest level and Sunderland released us from from duties here and, and, and off I went for the 10-day, 12-day camp, I think it was. Thrown straight in, delivering meetings, coaching sessions, you know, uh, and it was brilliant. Really professional setup, uh, fantastic opportunity, uh, and hopefully I'm a better coach for it. You know, coaching different players, international styles of play, international opposition. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then off the back of that, uh, I got the opportunity to take the 23s to Norway. Uh, I had to head them up and and do all the the pre-camp stuff and pick the squad. Uh, Phil wanted this to take that, and I took a, a staff of nine others with us. And again, a fantastic opportunity. We played against Sweden, Norway and America. And again, you know, little bits of opportunities like that can only help you in the future. I think it's probably not something that's on your mind at the moment with the job at hand. Um, but in the future, was, is, do you have international ambitions? Uh, I would never say never. Yeah. Uh, I think the frustration for the international coaches who are in post now is they don't coach day to day. Yeah. Uh, and I think I would miss that. You know, I like being on the grass. Uh, coaching every six weeks would probably annoy us because I'd be chomping at the bit to, to get out there and do something. And to be honest, when they are in camp, they don't train that much. Yeah. Uh, you just keep keeping them ticking over as well. So I would never say never. You know, I really enjoyed the experience and the challenge. You know, taking a team to a World Cup would be fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, the, the club environment and the club football at the minute is something that I really like. Again, dug in day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Um. With Phil as well, obviously you've you've worked with Phil. I should probably ask it. How was working with Phil? I mean, were you obviously he's a he's a great coach, a lot of experience. But the success of the ladies' team at the World Cup seemed to take some people by surprise. But I imagine working that closely and seeing the girls in the team didn't surprise you that much. I think obviously they wanted to win the World Cup, didn't they? Yeah, uh, you know, the, and rightly so. You know, being second. I think they've been second. They've been third. They've been fourth in the world at some point. Yeah, uh, always been on the top. And he, you know, he was just a normal guy. You know, he's not a, you know, some people put these celebrities on big 
pedestals, but yeah. you know, he was just a normal guy who loves football, who wanted to do his best for the Lionesses. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he, you know, he embraced me when I went in and entrusted us to do a job. So, you know, I'm grateful for that opportunity. Uh, it was just unfortunate they couldn't get that little bit further in the World Cup. If it wasn't for America, you never know. You never know. They are a good team. Yeah, they're really fair. good. And again, it's I think um, one thing a lot of people were quite interested in who were getting into the ladies football. And something that personally interested me was you know, why have America been so good for so long? Um, and I, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they have like a college-based thing, don't they? Where that kind of it's like bred into them from a really, really, really young age. Are you seeing that happening in sort of England as well? In Britain, are you finding that like girls are getting picked up younger and it's it's more like American-based? I think the popularity of it in America is, you know, the country's so big, isn't it? The country's yeah. so big. They've yeah. got so many colleges, so many universities. Uh, they've had a professional league for a lot longer than we have in England. Yeah. So we're probably playing, playing catch-up, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we've made huge strides in England so far in terms of trying to develop our game. Uh, and, the, the, you know, the top league now, the WSL, is starting to become one of the, be the best in the world, you know. Yeah. It's attracting some big players into the league. Yeah. Uh, I think it's restricted to so many out of Europe. You know, you, it's it's for England players that you know the the rules and regulations are there to try and keep the best players in England in England. Yeah. You know, the FA don't want them going to play in different parts of the world. So, you know, the league's getting stronger and stronger every year. So it'll be it'll be an interesting season for the top flight as well. Just to finish off, there was a really good Twitter question here, and I think it was a really good question to finish on. I suppose in a way, I could be wrong. Um, but obviously, we've touched on it. It's been a great start of the season, almost perfect, barring like one game, which was still a draw. Um, but how do you keep your feet firm on the ground from now on um, after coming through basically a really tough set of fixtures as well, successfully? Uh, I think it's a you know it's a really long season. Yeah. Uh, and, you know we're, we're only top of the league by three points. You know, as soon as you start taking your eye off the ball, that's when you you tend to slip up. So. I'm constantly reinforcing, you know, the the high standards and the, the professionalism that we need on a on a day to day basis to ensure that you know the team is ready on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but you know, un until it's over, it's the league's not going to be won until the last game of the season. Yeah. So we, you know, we need to we need to keep going, and I would never let anyone get carried away in September when we don't finish till till May. It's yeah. it's, it's a certainly a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Perfect. Melanie, thank you so much. Um, and for anyone, like we said, touching them before, Sunday at Hetton, two o'clock kickoff, league games, and then following that, you can check all the fixtures at SFC Ladies on Twitter, which Mark covers as well. But thank you very much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having us. No problem. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 